walk into this room at your own risk. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. That the sons of God saw, the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Stamp eternity on my eyeballs. I don't know anybody else that ever prayed it. Maybe we said it. We live in a generation that's literally brainwashed. I've never seen anything like it in my life. This generation will embrace anything. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And I'm here today to tell you that we're actually hacking the software of life. You live in an insane society, for there is no fear of God in their eyes. Nobody fears God anymore. And we're in a fight for our lives. The church is being persecuted like it's never been persecuted before. And some churches refuse to even open up. They're so afraid. I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. The anger reaching a boiling point in the nation's capital after President Trump took the oath of office. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. We've never lived at a time like we're living in right now. But you know, if God should stamp eternity or even judgment on our eyeballs, or if you like, on the fleshy table of our hearts, I'm quite convinced we'd be a very, very different tribe of people, God's people in the world today. Nobody's convicted of anything anymore! The signpost up ahead, your next stop, the Twilight Zone. That was long. Welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast for another uplifting episode of the times that we live in. I'm Tom Richardson. I'm your host. And it is April 14th, 2022. I have been sitting out today and just looking uh, but there's something I wanted to do for a while now, and uh, I didn't get around to it earlier because I've been doing a lot of other different studies in the Bible. And it's amazing, you know, sometimes you just feel the uh, the connection. You, you feel like there's a push to do something you know, be, before it's too late. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's the idea. <laughs> But uh, you know, whatever it may be, um, that we have such it hit me at just the right time to, uh, to get into it. I'm just babbling. Trying to do two or three things at once, and I need to do s- stick to one. So anyway, what I did, I sat down, opened up my Bible, and did some... Uh, I'm looking at a very, to me, uh, maybe not to you, and if it's not, I, I'm, I'm happy that I could bring this to you, a very uh, popular passage of Scripture 
especially in the in the in the time that we're in right now uh matthew 24 now what we want to do what i want to do today is take that uh not verse by verse because i don't i'm not using the whole the whole book or the i'm sorry the whole chapter uh we're gonna we're gonna hit the uh the first part and and see what is prevalent or relevant to the times that we live in right now. Now, Matthew 24 is one of those interesting things to me because Jesus is with his disciples. They've just, they've just come out of the temple, and uh, I believe it was Passover. Just read a little bit the first couple of verses here real quickly. Matthew 24, verse 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, if you stop right there, you know, within... Uh, probably about 35 years of him saying this, it happened. The temple was completely razed. They took it down, the whole, every bit of it. What's there today is a what they call the Wailing Wall or whatever. It's actually uh, not part of the temple. It's, uh, it's the, uh, I forget, it was Antony's Fortress or something like that that uh, wasn't part of the temple that was there when they were there. Uh, so just for historical clarification. And again, if you've heard this kind of stuff before, uh, I, I hope you continue to listen because you're not going to hear much of it in church anymore. The church as a whole, there's very little of them out there that address Bible prophecy and how it relates to us today. And a lot of it comes back to people who say, I've been hearing about that for 50 years. My grandmother said it. My mother said it. My father said it. My grandfather, my uncle, this and that and the other. And nothing's happened yet. Are they blind? And we're going to get into that in a minute. So as they went out, they sat down at the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, some people say, well, he shouldn't say end of the world. It should be uh, end of an era, uh, end of the dispensational era or whatever. Well, you know, the King James Bible is pretty plain. It just says end of the world, period. Um, I don't have uh, right now, let's see here, just for... Just for giggles, as I knock everything off my desk. Get up there. <laughs> Excuse me. We'll look at we'll look into another bit here because and you know, people will say, Oh, you shouldn't be using those other Bible versions. I use whatever I want. You know, if you just on that while we turn this new American Standard Bible to uh you know, there's guys out there that people in, in the uh, fundamentalist uh, circles followed so religiously, guys I didn't really care much for, but 
you know, Charles Stanley. And what's he used? New King James, uh, whatever. You know, probably whatever suits him. NIV, I don't know. But they, they don't use the King James religiously like the fundamentalists like to do. Anyhow, let's see here. This is the New American Standard Version. They ask him privately saying, Tell us when these things will happen and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age. See, there it says age or era or eon is how it sometimes is portrayed. Regardless, it's the end of the world. It's it's the end of all things as we know it is what they have asked him. What are the signs? What do we have to look for? What can we put down on paper for those that are going to come after us? And, you know, people will say, well, the disciples taught, like, you know, that Jesus would come before they died. I can tell you one that did not, and that would have been Peter. Jesus told him how he would die. I think Paul figured it out once he went to the, uh, uh, the holding area that he was in, that he was going to die before the Lord came back. There were, there were many of them. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, that they like to throw out, that these guys, they preached like Jesus was coming tomorrow. And, you know, they did. They kind of wanted people to have that uh, urgency. But you know something, uh, like I say, Peter knew that uh, his day would come where he would die just as Jesus did on a cross, upside down from what they tell us. Anyway, let's get with it, okay, because I've wasted enough time in my prelude. You know, as we go down through a lot of this, like again, it's people have heard and, and read and, and thought about it. I've got some stuff. I want to go a little deeper. First of all, Jesus tells them, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, I use that over and over again on my show and in my preaching and teaching because it happens all the time. I'll tell you right now, it is easy to be deceived because we listen to preachers and we listen to pastors and teachers and we say well these guys have a pretty big following you know they can't be lying about everything well usually they're not they aren't what it is is they'll pick that one little thing and tickle the ears with it to the point where people just jump on board oh hey you know what brother so-and-so said this and brother so-and-so said that now, let me tell you something. When it comes to uh, religious studies or Bible studies, whatever you want to call it, however you want to however you want to flavor it, when it comes to that, we all have the ability to maybe get something wrong. Uh, if you try to project out a specific date, for, uh, for instance, of the Lord's return, uh, you're more likely going to get that wrong. <laughs> just because it says only God knows. Now, in that flux, we have to think about this a little bit and say, well, should we just then give up because we don't we aren't supposed to know? Well, here's the thing. No, you don't know the time or the day, but you should know or you know the date. But you should know 
that you're drawing near. Because Jesus told us what we would see as we draw near. Now what he said, you know, take heed nobody sees you. Verse 5, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive me. How many people are running around saying, I'm anointed. You know, I have an anointed message. You know, it's a anointed. <laughs> the word Christ means anointed one. Or this message is, I hear in the Pentecostals especially, oh, that's anointed. Oh, he's anointed. Oh, that's message. Oh, he's so anointed. But we're going to force ourselves down a little further to verse number 6 of Matthew 24. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, just in that vein, now it's time to switch over to Tom's notes. I did some researching on wars and rumors of wars. First of all, let's get what the Oxford Dictionary, the one I looked at, calls wars. Because a lot of people, you know, war has gotten kinds of all kinds of different names these days. You know, uh, police action, uh, special military operations, and such. What is that? Let's put it this way: the uh, the dictionary calls a war a state of armed conflict state of armed conflict that means you get two people go, or two people groups or many many maybe multiple people groups going at it it could be a civil war and we're going to discuss those for just a little while here uh anyway a state of armed conflict now the first one is going to come to your mind for almost everybody in the world right now, unless you're in one of the other war-torn areas, is the Russia-Ukraine thing because it's it's you know special operations or whatever they want to call it because it's on the news every five seconds here in the United States and I'm sure in other places as well. And you know the the thing about this one is the possible outcome of the Ru- Russo-Ukrainian mess is total war again world war three it's very possible because get people over here in our senate and congress here in the united states pushing to get involved more militarily you know no fly zones where we'll be flying around shooting down russian aircraft that'll only be good once and things are going to get uglier so you have the russia ukraine thing we don't need to go deep into Afghanistan still goes on. Uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea, which is spilling over into the into Sudan, Somalia. In Mexico, there's what we call the drug war. It's a government against the drug cartels. Uh, I have some little statistics for that one right now. 350,000 people have died and 72,000 people are still missing in Mexico from this deadly drug war. So it's a different kind of war, but it's still a war. It's an armed conflict. Uh, Yemen, you have the Houthis, the Tutis. Uh, Saudi Arabia has joined into the fray there. 140,000 people are dead. Now I'm going to go down through a list. 
I, I when I first started, so I'm looking at I was looking at a website, and I didn't get the name of it. Sorry about that, but you can just take take my word for it. It was something like it had something to do with you know conflicts that are going on now. So anyway, 2022 alone so far, these are the wars that are what they consider wars, and then we'll kind of backtrack over them real quick. And there's a bunch of them, folks, so just hang with me. Because uh, this is this is just to be eye-opening, to give you an idea what kind of a world we live in right now. <clears throat> Afghanistan, this is, this is listed alphabetically. <clears throat> Excuse me. Afghanistan, there's, you know, this is wars now. Afghanistan, Algeria, Burkina Faso, Cameroon, Chad, Colombia, the, D- the Democratic Republic of Congo, Ethiopia, Iraq, Libya, Mali, Mexico, Mozambique, Miramar, Niger, Nigeria, South Sudan, Syria, Tanzania, Tunisia, and Yemen. That's a pretty big list of places that are at war. Remember, what is war? The ar- the state of armed conflict. And that this this place that I looked at, they, they kind of went from zero to 1,000. But 1,000 to 10,000 uh, deaths in these places. Now, I, I, I'm going to go back through real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am having trouble with my throat today. Afghanistan, 10,000K dead. Uh, that's where we just left, right? Uh, and that's become more of a civil war at this point. Or now, here's here's I'm gonna, yeah. Matter of fact, no, it's not. I'm gonna I, I made I, I spoke too quickly. <clears throat> Out of all those that I read to you, Colombia, that's down south of us, is a civil slash drug induced war. Ethiopia is a civil war, 10,000 people dead. Mexico, we said before, is a drug war. South Sudan is uh, being run by ethnic violence. That's two ethnic groups going at it, or maybe three or four. Syria is more of a civil war. Yemen, a civil war. The casualties that that we have here that have been uh, reported are from 2021 I'm sorry, between 2020 and 2021 are, you know, up to 10,000 in in most of these places uh, or between 1 and 10,000 and Afghan, uh, uh, Afghan, Ethiopia, of course, Mexico, over 10,000 people dead. Yemen, 10,000 people dead. So that's 2022. These are the wars in 2022. Uh, the statistics are just the ones that I've pulled from 2021 and, and, and beyond of, of the death rates because you don't have a, a death rate to date of this year. We also have the hot zones, we'll call them, okay, the hot zones, uh, the Mideast, I mean, as a, as a whole. <laughs> you always got some Lebanon, Libya, you know, Israel. Uh, there's always something, Iran, Iraq, Syria, of course, right there. So you have the Mideast, it's always heated up. Pakistan and India, two, two nuclear-powered, uh, non-Christian, 
nations. These are more Islamic and Hindu, both who don't believe in anything. But, you know, if I die as a martyr, I go with 72 virgins or whatever. And then on the other side, if I die and I was a good guy, I can come back as something noble. So they don't care about death as much as uh, the Christian does. Christians look at it like, you know, well, you know, we look at it death as we go on to be with the Lord. That's what Paul told us, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But, you know, we don't yearn for it. We don't jump in front of the train to get plowed over. You know what I'm saying. These people have a different thought process. China and Taiwan, another hot spot that uh, we don't know what's going to happen there yet, but it's definitely brewing, definitely brewing. Now, we're going to talk about, since we already brought it up, we're going to talk about dying and the unfortunate things that we can die from. My notes messed up, sorry. Famines, because Jesus said what? Well, we have, we better go back to what Jesus said, because we said rumors of wars and wars and rumors of wars, okay? Then he says, these things don't worry about, because the end's not yet. For nations shall raise against nation, which pretty much is, you know, you have the fighting against one or the other, Saudi Arabia and the Yemen and all that kind of thing. Or you have the ones within these places, the civil wars, which are right here. Nation rising against nation. And then you have kingdoms against kingdoms or people within the nation civil warring. Okay. Then after that, which kind of fits with everything we talked about so far, there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Let's talk about famine. What a wonderful topic, right? Uh, The World Food Program is where I got these stats from. Uh, June 2021 and forward from from the time of June 2021 they put a there's an article that was written and they said at that time that's a year almost a year ago now that there's 41 million people at rest at risk at risk of starving to death on our planet in the very near future that was written in a year like say 2021 it's a year ago June 2021 60% of the people who are at risk live in a very few, very few nations. Uh, again, a nation list. I'm not trying to bore you. I'm trying to uh, give you something to think about. And you know, then we're going to just say, you know, something here at the end. Democratic Republic. These are listed, actually. I'm sorry. These are listed in order of prevalence. In other words, they're listed as the ones that are most at risk from what I could gather from that website. Democratic Republic of Congo. Afghanistan, Yemen, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Syria, Sudan, South Sudan, Haiti, Zimbabwe, Burkina Faso, the Honduras, Central African Republic. All these nations are 
the ones who are the top leaders of a list that I'm sure they don't want to be on, the list of people who have a very good chance of a big part of their population starving to death. Or coming under famine. Now, I put check marks because I'm sure you, you, you could notice going down through the Congo, Afghan, Yemen, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Syria, Sudan, South Sudan, Burkina Faso, which also pulls into a, 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 an area that's known as the Sahel, which incorporates Mali and Niger as well. All those I put check marks next to because uh, the World Food Program says this. Worst, the worst food crises are driven by armed conflict. So here you have it. You have a, a long list of nations that are at war, and then the next page we go to, uh, a lot of those same nations are on the famine list. But let me say this. We are all at risk right now of finding less food to eat. And people are, oh, I go to stores plenty. Well, in your area, there might be, and some other areas there may not be in here in the United States. But these people probably can't go to a store. Maybe it's been blown up. And what do you do? I mean, what do we do when we don't have enough food to feed our nation because of wars? that have that are now going to impact us the war with russia and ukraine will impact the world in wheat production this nation will probably have some idiot from the government come down and say don't grow corn don't grow wheat this year we have a surplus and the farmers will get paid not to and get paid to put in soybeans or some other you know, genetically modified substance. You better get a victory garden going this year. You better do it. it no matter what. Now get on YouTube, and and maybe I'll be nice and, and put some links that you can follow there uh, uh, to get going on things that make it easy. You can grow food in a cardboard box which you would surround with uh, you put inside of a contractor grade trash bag fill it with dirt and throw some seeds in it pray for growth see simple stuff that you can do you know you can set that on a sill somewhere uh, or up on a a table outside or whatever you got to do to get things going you know that little bit you know, when you can't find that head of lettuce, you can go out there and trim off some, you know, what looks like weeds to some people, but it's actually, you know, nutritious that you're growing right there. You can grow it in little little boxes, little pots, little whatever. At least you have that something that you can, you know, say, I got food, radishes, tomatoes. I know people that grow them right there outside their house, just throw them down and let them go. Do it. Because these things are impacting us. These, these uh, wars are really going to cause 
a lot of trouble. As we try to help people by feeding those that are that are starving, and then we turn around and don't have enough for ourselves. You know, I think God will take care of us because He takes care of His people. Uh, David wrote and said, "And I've never seen the righteous baking bread, but not baking, begging." <laughs> oh goodness. I'm not trying to laugh at this because it's not a funny subject. Okay, there shall be famines and pestilences. Oh, you're just full of good news today. I can hear it now. Famines, you know, we already touched pestilences. You know, I'm going to give you a top ten. A lot of top tens today. I should have called it the top ten show of pestilences or diseases. Let's just go with diseases and we'll backtrack on the pestilence thing. And everybody's going to say, oh, I know what he's going to say. It's COVID. No, I'm not. The top 10 things that are going to kill, that kill most people in the world. Ischemic heart disease, stroke, chronic obstruction of the pulmonary, which is basically COPD. Lower respiratory infections like the influenza virus. Neonatal conditions, sometimes kills mother and child both. Uh, trachea, bronchia, and lung cancer, Alzheimer's, and other dementia-related things. This is what a diarrheal disease would be like uh, dysentery and and stuff like that. Diabetes is way down. Oh, thank you. Is way down there on the list at number nine, and then kidney disease. And diabetes and kidney disease can actually go together because. It's a, it, the diabetes attacks the renal area as well as the pancreal area. <clears throat> now, let's just consider that list. A lot of that stuff on there you already knew, right? Heart disease, stroke, chronic, uh, you know, COPD, uh, lower respiratory, upper respiratory is coming, kind of coming in there because of COVID. But a flu has killed a whole lot more people than this COVID thing. And most of us don't take flu shots if we're intelligent. But also, the wars can go in hand with this. Sometimes in some of these places, you know, the bodies, I don't like talking about gross stuff, but the bodies don't get planted, don't get buried as quickly as they should. And a corpse can actually cause a lot of problems a lot of disease a lot of you know if it gets into the water system all these kind of things you know where they dump people in rivers and whatnot that can cause i mean pestilence grows from that as well you know we'll, we'll hit on a couple of those in the end here for the past two years this is a study that uh i looked it up because i like to make sure i heard it on the news as well for the past two years, the median age of death in, has dropped in this nation. Our, our United States has dropped from 81 years old, like two or three years ago, down to 76 years old. Out of this, long, it was a long list. I'm not reading you everything, okay, because it's, it's just a huge long list of folks of different nations. The United States, with all of our medical technology and everything 
and all of our, you know, cutting edge hospitals, the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, you know, on and on and on, Boston U, you name it, we got it, right? We're, we're ranked 38th in the world because of that low death number of being around 76. So if you made it past 76 in the United States, you're doing good. Now, what has caused that, you know, they're, they're looking into it. They want to know what is causing people to, to the, the death rate should be, or the death age should be going up. You know, we're, 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 we have the miracle medicines. We have, we have all the things that keep us going. You know, we've educated people on obesity and smoking and drinking and this and that and the other thing and drug use. Don't do it. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, you know? So why? Why is it? It should be going 81, 82, 83. No, it's going 81, 77, 76. Why is that happening? Well, in the last two years, it's happened because the lockdowns that they put people through, the loss of jobs, the loss of, you know, that income. Um, COVID's not on this list directly. The disease itself, the virus itself isn't on the list. But the things that they did to people are on this list. Lockdowns, which drove a lot of people, you know, the, those that aren't saved, those that don't know the Lord, and I'm not picking on you, okay, or I'm not picking on your, your loved one. Maybe they did, or maybe their faith just wasn't strong enough, but when they lost their, when their, their job went away because maybe they worked at a restaurant, they all got closed, and when they couldn't reopen, but the lockdowns ran people towards booze, drugs, and despair, and then some of them committed suicide many people many young people teenagers from what i remember we had a higher rate of teen suicides during this lockdown era that we came through because they they're isolated from their friends all they see them is on the ipad here you know a zoom call if you got ipad as old as mine is you don't get to even do that because i can't download zoom (laughs) so there you are what do we do with that? Well, we need to never let that happen again because they're going to try it. Uh, they're pushing COVID, you know, Omicron, Alpha, Beta, 72, or whatever, that it's a, you know, oh, there's cases. No, there's people being swabbed in their nose and showing a, a positive. A reaction to a, a test that wasn't made for that kind of uh, diagnoses. You know, that's going way off the, the, the banner that I want to go. But th- there you are, you know. What do we do with that? We never let it happen again. Look at other nations, free nations like uh, Australia and other ones, you know, right now. In Shanghai, China, and people say, well, I don't care about them. They're Chinese. Those human beings that are being controlled by a brutal dictator, dictatorial regime that is satanic 
period, satanic. I said it. I'm not afraid to say satanic. The Chinese Communist Party is satanic at its core. The people of China, there's a lot of Christians in China. They had one of the largest Christian movements a few years ago, most of it underground because of the satanic regime that would take you and knock your teeth out, right? All right, the world average for people, though, the world average, and that's putting in all the you know, the unfortunates in the third world. The world average is around 70. So if you live in the United States, you get an extra six years above the world average. So these things are telling to us. There's something happening. People are dying sooner than they need be. And, you know, the Lord does take us when he's ready. I believe that with my whole heart. But, uh, you know, that when you see that kind of a decline in median age, it's something to wake up and look at. Okay, so pestilences, that's what we've been talking about. And it's and its effects on the world population. Again, just to recap pestilences, they also come from the war. Zzz many wars uh some of the other things we can give honorable mention to courses hiv aids malaria ebola and flu people say there's no really a big deal with ebola in certain places it is a very big deal hemorrhagic fever is not something to play with it's a heavy disease a heavy virus it's not easy to contract but you know it's not not something that you want to try on either. Flu. I said flu because flu, the influenza, regular old influenza virus without attaching SARS to it, is a very deadly disease to a lot of people. It kills millions every year. Tens of millions from what I understand. Okie dokie. Any questions on pestilences, folks? Oh, my... Uh, Audience of one says, no, keep going. You're boring me. Earthquakes in diverse places. Earthquakes. A little bit of functional, necessary to know kind of stuff about earthquakes. You know, but I, I like, I like, I like some details without being boring. Okay. Uh, when we, when we talk about earthquakes, we know that there's this thing called the Richter scale, a Richter scale. And, uh, it was, you know, put together by a guy named Richter many, many, many years ago, a hundred years ago to measure the, uh, uh, dynamics of a earthquake. Okay. Now what people don't realize most earthquakes are in the five or below five below five or below Richter scale, Richter scale. Uh, now the, Interesting thing, I didn't know this, was if you had, uh, say, a five or a four, let's go with a four, a a magnitude four earthquake on the Richter scale, And then you go to a magnitude 5 on the Richter scale. It's not like just one point. It's a tenfold increase 
and the amplitude of the seismic waves created. That's fancy talk. Let's make it easy. Okay, from a 4 to a 5, if you have a magnitude 4 earthquake, now this is putting it, I want you to you know, just consider this. A magnitude 4 is equal to 15 tons of TNT going off. 15 tons, 30,000 pounds of dynamite exploding. That's what a magnitude 4 earthquake is equivalent to. Ain't that something? So if you go from a magnitude 4 to a magnitude 5, remember 15 tons of TNT going off is a magnitude 4. If you go to that and you say the earthquake went boom, it's a 5. 500 tons of TNT going off. This is the equivalent of 500 tons. That's a lot when you think about it. That's a, 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 a 500 tons? Whoa. I thought 15 tons was a lot. 1,000 tons or pounds or whatever. That's a lot of, that's a lot of blow up. Okay, just we're just going to look at today, okay? 13th of April, 2022, and I did this at 11.30 a.m. Uh, and only, only counting the fours and fives for today. Uh, for magnitude five across the earth, there were at least four at that point. They may have been more by now. Uh, magnitude four, there had been 48 of them by 11 o'clock this morning. No sixes, thank God. Uh, when you go from a five to a six, it's like you go from tons to kilotons. So <laughs> kilotons like 2.2 tons, and it was way up there. I think it's 15 kilotons. That's a lot. Now, you know, here's the thing. Going back to what Jesus said, you know, earthquakes in diverse places and different kinds of areas. And, and we know there have been. We don't need to go too deep in it. I just had a, a, you know, maybe I geeked out there for a minute on what earth, you know, we don't, you know, here in Ohio, uh, those of you that are, that are listening here and other parts of the United States and other areas, we don't really know much about earthquakes. We know the earth shook once in a while. I haven't really seen a big one lately uh, around here what they call it killer quake, which is usually a six or above. But there, the, the evidence shows that those are more and more prevalent. There's a lot more sixes and sevens. They downplay the sevens a lot. They'll, they'll say, well, it's a 7.2, and the next thing you know, well, no, it's really a, it's 6.1 or 6.5 and because uh, they don't like that word. I guess they don't like seven, you know, because it's kind of God's number. But, you know, earthquakes, they do. They happen all the time. And uh, the increase of those killer quakes is rising. In the last 30 days, let's just look at last 30 days, uh, there were two above seven, uh, magnitude seven. Okay? Two magnitude sevens. Eleven between six and seven. That's still a pretty significant earthquake. And 171 worldwide between five and six. Still 
a significant earthquake. If that hits in a place where they aren't prepared, it's going to level. You could level entire towns or parts of them, knock the buildings to the floor. In the past 24 hours, we've had seven quakes that were over a five magnitude. In the past 24 hours. So, you know, the earthquakes are a big deal. Now, here's the important thing. Let's go back to our passage of Scripture, roll this thing to a close, and hopefully not have everybody falling asleep while I'm doing it. I know not much news today, is there? Because I'm not going to, I'm trying to take a break, man. I'm getting flooded with such crazy junk that's going on in the world. Verse number seven, I'm going to read again from Matthew 24. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines. There shall be pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Verse number eight is a biggie. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All these, as as we've heard before, are the beginning of birth pangs. Now, women who have had children, and you you guys that were there when it happened, uh, you know when the birth pangs start, they're kind of you know okay one, and then maybe a few, oh, you know, then it might pass, and then the next one comes. It's a little bit intenser. And then it'll pass, and in a few minutes or an hour, who knows? I'm you know I'm not a I'm not an obstetrician. As they go, the time between them gets shorter, and the intensity gets larger before the child is born. And that is how we can look at these things that we are talking about today. Are they not getting more and more prevalent? Are they not intensifying as they? Maybe lull. You may have a little lull in things, and then it comes back more intense. There's a big lull in wars. Well, we've been in Afghanistan at that point in time for 20 years nearly when we finally went out the exact wrong way that we should have. It really irritates me. <clears throat> but then it was right on its heels. Here comes Russia, Ukraine, which kind of dominates the news as we know. They're not the, and these are the real deal. These aren't, you know, like like what they call the Braxton Hicks, you know, the, the fake, uh, birth pangs that may happen, you know, a month before the child's to be born, you know, you might have the lady might feel some, well, I think I'm having a baby, you know, uh, but it's not, it's just a fake. These, these that are happening now, I do not believe are. Braxton Hicks, earth-shattering developments. These are the real deal. We're getting closer and closer to a climax, to a to the child being born. You just have to look. Yeah, you know, you open your eyes and and you know, be ready. Because, like, say, when the birth pangs go and then they they kind of lull out, and when they come back, they come more intense, and they come quicker and quicker, one after the other. Here's some other things to consider as we go along. I'm going to wrap for you, wrap this up. Christians right now in the world are the most persecuted group. Now, here in Ohio, it doesn't seem like it, but you, you just watch the news and keep an eye on things and what's going on there. You'll notice that 
your freedom of speech, especially if you want to talk about Jesus, especially Jesus. You know, if you say God, now I, 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 when I say I believe in God, I believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you know, the three in one, the Trinity. I believe in the, the Creator, Yahweh, Adonai, however you want to play, play it out, Elohim, the Christian God. Many other people say they believe in God, but it's a little G, really. They, they don't know the God of the Bible. But Christians are really, across the world, being persecuted, like, say, places like China, the Middle East, even places like Israel, where the Jews will not allow you to proselytize Christianity to Jews. They will get really upset with you. Uh, false teaching and false prophets. Jesus, at least four times in this passage of Matthew 24, mentions that as a problem of the end times. And they get worse and worse. And right now you have the Internet, YouTube, uh, TV, where they can just be there 24-7 all day long telling you stuff that is not true, that's not biblical. They mix a little bit of truth in with the lie, and there you are. There you have it. That's a thing for another day. The abomination that causes desolation is mentioned, and that's the uh, the temple, where perhaps what what we tend to believe there will be a rebuilding of the Jewish temple, and the person who comes along with all the answers for a while that we call the Antichrist will just walk up there, sit down, and say, "I'm God." in the holy place. There will be tribulation beyond compare to anything that's ever happened in the past. Now, you think about some of the things that are happening even right now. They're bad enough. We think about the uh, Holocaust of the Jews in World War II. We think about the, we don't know what's happening to the Uyghurs in China. You know, and, you know, people, well, they're not Christian. Well, it doesn't make a difference. They're human. The people in Shanghai that are being boarded up into their houses because of a little COVID outbreak. They will starve to death. Some will kill themselves. Now, are they not all Christians? But tribulation doesn't just stick to us, folks. It goes all over everybody. So we have a lot that we can consider here. We do. We really do. And we need to be awake and we need to be aware and we have to be 100% ready. There's a passage in first chronicles twelve thirty two that speaks of the sons of issachar now the sons of issachar were the descendants of issachar the ninth uh son of uh, jacob through leah and her handmaiden and this it, it's interesting because it says in there that the sons of Issachar were men who were kind of noble and that they had an understanding of the times. Folks, that's where we need to be. You know, call yourself a son or a daughter of Issachar. You know, wake up and understand the times that you live in. There is something afoot. There is someone that I believe will soon be coming. His name is Jesus. We can also attune ourselves, and I brought this to you many times. It's Acts chapter 17, the Bereans. The Bereans were more noble because what did they do? They, they studied the scriptures. They were, they were constantly in the books. 
and they studied the scriptures even to identify Paul as a truth teller in our common parlance. They, they wanted to know if what Paul was preaching was true, and they went and studied the scriptures, and they found that, yes, they are. Okay, some elements that we can look at as we close, elements that we need to keep in our forefront. I mean, I know if you know Jesus, that's element number one. I mean, I, I want you to be saved. I want you to understand that, you know, a good relationship with Jesus Christ is number one in your life. You have to have that, folks, especially today in the era that we live in now. Because what we here's some things, like I say, that to, we just need to kind of be able to observe and observe them from a, a biblical worldview. Look at these things and say, wow, there's really something to this. And then sometimes you can look at things and maybe you really think it is, and you have to maybe down the road dismiss it as not being as relevant as you thought. But everything kind of fits into that mosaic, a little piece of the puzzle. And the elements that we need to really think about and observe as we go forward is the constant conflicts, folks. There's always a war, and they, and it seems like this war that's going on could become something big. Uh the government using the virus that's going on as a real overreach of their powers to lock you down, to mask you up, to force inoculations on you. We are going to look into those inoculations again very soon. The COVID-19 death shots. There's some stuff that's coming out. I've been watching the videos. I've been looking at it on the, on the internet because, uh, you know, I, I don't go to the library and look up on everything but let's just say that there's a snaky kind of a thing going on with this whole virus deal <clears throat> we have a defiant government right here in the united states it's getting more and more like some of the dictatorial ones we speak about china russia and whatnot in other parts of the world they're, they're just as bad they, they, they don't really care about everybody you know what what when a president takes office he should just Consider himself a president of the people, not just the president of the Democratic Party. Now, I know that there's always been this separation of parties here. Two-party system, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we have a few independents here and there. But, that you know, then it becomes the kingdom against kingdom thing. That's partially what happens. You look around, uh, we, we are pretty much at war without firing shots at each other. There's a lot of things happening where they tout these phrases right along racial lines. And, and um, uh, oh, the whitest president that I've ever seen and probably the closest one to being a racist since way back, you know, although he's covering himself now, you know, he's, I'm going to have a black woman this and a black woman that and a black guy that. Not, not by what they do, you know, those people should be like, uh, you know, there's somebody more qualified than me, but they don't. They want the job. So, you know, he's always, you know, yelling about domestic terrorists, white supremacists. He puts them together. There's not a comma in there, it doesn't seem like, in his speeches against white supremacy and domestic terrorism. There's uh, Islam Islamists and there's... Uh, 
African liberationists and everybody else who can be considered as well a domestic terrorist, members of the FLAN, which is a Puerto Rican uh, group, a terrorist group. You know, there's terrorists come in every flavor, folks. They're not just white guys. And I'm not trying to get into a racial thing at all because that's not where we're at here. But there's a big crackdown on this. And as always, you know, the President of the United States is big on the whole white supremacist domestic terrorist linked together, one and the same. The food shortages are in our very near future. And they're already here. Baby formula in some places around the country is being rationed. You can only buy one or two boxes or whatever of it. So you won't be able to feed your baby. That's a thought that most mothers and fathers really, whoa, Similac and all the others are, forgive me, drying up. And if you look at the shelves, they don't have the stuff they used to. Steve Quayle is a good one for saying we used to have, we used to have selection. Now we have availability. So anyway, the picture isn't all that rosy, but Jesus is coming soon. We know that. So we just need to hold on. Look up. I went over. <laughs> look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Your host, you know how he is. Every once in a while he gets too talkative. But this is the end for another day. April 14th, we're drawing closer and closer to Resurrection Day, which is this Sunday. Good Friday is tomorrow. Get on your knees. Really think about Jesus. Get back in touch. We'll talk to you later. Tom Richardson, Removing Confusion, April the 14th, 2022. Have a great day.